0: The Islanders still sitting at just a 15.4% chance of qualifying for the playoffs. And I don't think he makes this deal without thinking he can get a contract extension done with Bo Horvat. This is the whopper in his career. I'm making the sacrifice, and I'm going down to the beach in Fort Lauderdale just to report back for you fine people. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 153. And as you hear this, I will be down in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida for the NHL All-Star weekend. The Islanders sending Brock Nelson and goalie Ilya Sorokin down to Florida for the proceedings. But... No, that's that's not why you tuned into this episode, is it? And hi, I'm your host Andrew Gross of Newsday. You can follow me on Twitter at agrossnewsday for uh, breaking news. And there certainly was some breaking news this week as the Islanders acquire Bo Horvat, the former Canucks captain. Uh, he comes over from the Vancouver Canucks, and Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu, and a conditional first-round pick. Go back to the Vancouver Canucks for Bo Horvat, and we will delve into that trade and uh, discuss what it means and how it may help the Islanders and how it might not help the Islanders and the future of Bo Horvat. And uh, also, we'll talk a little Anthony Beauvillier and Atu Rantu, and the state of the islanders after this trade and uh, we'll also uh hear some uh hear some comments from uh from bo Horvat and Anthony Beauvillier and aturatu about the trade and we'll also get to your questions for Andrew's answers. Um before we get to that as I said I'm heading down to Florida but the To me, the biggest acquisition, and I don't know if you saw me put this up on Twitter, but my veterinarian wife has come home with a bull mastiff that needed a new home. And guess who's home the bull mastiff is is now uh, uh, living in? Yep, yep, Shea Gross, and uh, she's a sweetheart. Lola, she's 96 pounds, she's six years old. She doesn't say much, I'll say that for her, and she likes laying around on couches, but we have a, a new best friend in in the house, so, uh, you know, I know it's all exciting getting Bo Horvat, but when your wife comes home with a Bull Mastiff, that sort of trumps everything, but, uh, you know, I, I I know Lola is not getting in ice skates and is not going to be helping the, uh, the Islanders' playoff push, so b- before getting to Bo Horvat in the trade, let's just set up exactly where the Islanders are. As I said, I'm going down, or I'll, I'm in Florida as you hear this, and the Islanders, other than Brock Nelson and Ilya Sorokin, are in the middle of their uh, all-star break slash bye week. It's basically an eight-day vacation before they get back to work against the Flyers in Philadelphia on Monday, which is set to be Bo Horvat's debut with the team. And by the way, the Vancouver Canucks are in town just three days later. Um, so that, that certainly would be, or will be an emotional night for, for, for Beau Horvat and for Anthony Beauvillier, uh, Atu Ratu, uh, headed to the Canucks AHL uh, affiliate in Abbotsford. But uh, to, to set up the Islanders, are in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. Now, they, they won two straight going into the break. Uh, they, they, they beat the Red Wings 2-0 on a Friday at UBS, and then the next night, Saturday, they ended with a uh, 2-1 overtime win over Vegas. Um, Matthew Barcell with a really nice overtime goal there, um, snapping an 11-game uh, goal schneid. And again, we'll, we'll talk about Matthew Barzell as it relates to Bo Horvat, But uh, so here, the the Islanders are in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. They went 4-8-3 in January. They scored just 29 goals in January. They scored two or fewer goals in their last seven games in January. And overall, they scored uh, just two or fewer goals in 12 of their last 13 games. And uh, more good news... Their power play is uh, is in an 0-for-25 rut over their last 10 games, and, and remarkably, it's 3-for-64 since December 10th. And uh, you ask why a Bo Horvat is needed with the Islanders, and those, those are some of the numbers. So 10th uh, place in the Eastern Conference, they're, they're sitting just two points behind the Penguins, for the final playoff spot with the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres in between the Penguins and the Islanders in ninth place. The issue here is even though the Islanders are two points behind the Penguins, one point behind the Sabres, both teams have played three fewer games. So you got to figure that that deficit or that, that, that gap between the Islanders and the Sabres and Penguins is going to widen a little bit um if you go to uh, uh the very valuable uh, website hockeyreference.com they they keep track of playoff uh, percentage the odds of making the playoffs and even after the bo horvat trade uh the islanders still sitting at just a 15.4% chance uh, qualifying for the playoffs that that was after acquiring Horvat. The, the, the trade did not move those calculations forward uh, whatsoever. Um, but you know that, that's those are calculations. The Islanders have 30 games left to uh, to uh, to get into the playoffs and to not miss for the second straight season. Bo Horvat will help. Uh, that endeavor that is that is for sure. Uh, Horvat's only 27. Uh, he, he has 31 goals and 23 assists in 49 games for the Canucks. That includes 11 goals and seven assists on the power play. Um, so if if you put Bo Horvat up against his new teammates, Bo Horvat instantly becomes the Islanders' leader in goals. Uh, his 54 points is the most on the Islanders. His power play goals, uh, leads the Islanders and his 18 power play points, it also leads the Islanders. So, yeah, you're, you're getting valuable, valuable production there in, in acquiring Bo Horvat. But as you look at the trade, again, you're getting a 27 year old and this trade. And people reacted this way immediately. This trade only works or, or really only makes sense if, if the Islanders are able to re-sign Bo Horvat. Now, he is coming to the end of a six-year, $33 million deal. At one point, and, and he said this during his, uh, his Zoom teleconference, introducing himself as an Islander, he thought he was going to be a Canuck for life. But uh, after the Canucks signed up J.T. Miller long-term, they just couldn't get a deal done. Um, And so the Canucks make this move. Now, the the Canucks are in full rebuild mold. And, you know, we can debate, and we probably will, whether the Islanders should be or are headed towards a full rebuild mode. And, you know, I would think if they can't re-sign Horvat that's the path they should go down, but, uh, Lou Lamarillo made it very clear that, you know, the intentions are to re-sign this guy, and I don't think he would have made this trade without a confidence, at least on his part, that he can get it done, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not suggesting he's tampering, but, you know, Lou Lamarillo can get a pretty good sense of, uh, what's going on out there and I don't think he makes this deal without thinking he can get a contract extension done with Bo Horvat. That means ownership is on board with this fully and, uh you know, they're willing to pay what Bo Horvat can command and, uh, look, the, the Islanders are now the only team that can offer Bo Horvat eight seasons instead of the seven seasons and, projections you, you know you're talking about a guy uh, who's probably minimum 7.5 million per season but i expect that to be much closer to 8 million so you know at maximum maybe you know you're talking about an 8 by 8 so an 8 year 64 million dollar contract uh you know if the islanders are willing to throw around that kind of uh those figures or if not you know uh could could you get him on a 7 year personally for me i i might be more comfortable he's 27 uh so the contract kicks in next season uh i might be more comfortable at 7 years instead of 8 but to get this guy signed and look you're you're pot committed now with Bo Horvat you have to get this guy signed um so i i would think you know uh, the, the numbers are certainly going to be high, you know, and we've talked on past episodes whether, you know, uh, whether Lou Lamarillo, whether this season's a referendum on him and whether or not, you know, we're heading towards tearing this core apart. And look, this move does not portend tearing this core apart one bit. This trade portends going for it this season and going for it next season as well um and and again we can debate the wisdom of that but for now look this is a trade that does make the islanders better uh anthony bovillier he's been here he was here seven seasons uh, he had nine goals this season um he said himself you know the the numbers have been down uh, last couple of years, and, uh, you know, his game is sort of tapered off, sort of a guy that probably needed a change of scenery, and uh, the Canucks are retaining 25% of Bo Horvat's uh, salary, uh, salary cap hits, so the money between Beauvillier and and Bo Horvat work out, at least for this season, and, and that is important because, you uh, uh, per uh, uh, another very valuable website, CapFriendly.com, the, Islander, the Islanders are projected to have approximately 11 million in prorated salary cap space right now at the NHL trade deadline on March 3rd. If if all things stay the same, there there is room to bring in more help. The uh, the the question is. Does, does Lou have the assets to really land another big fish? He moves Atu Ratu, and you know, you're really you're really really depleting the the prospect pool here. Um by trading Atu Ratu. He's he was your top forward prospect. Yes, you still have William DeFore, um, and you know, Samuel Bullduck has come in, and maybe like with Ratu, maybe they're showcasing Samuel Bulduck. As well, but at a certain point, look, uh, the the Islanders, unless Lou trades back into the first round, um, the Islanders are not going to pick in the first round for the fourth straight year. The last first round pick they had is uh, Simon Holmstrom in 2019. Now, they've they've traded first round picks to acquire JG Pajot. Uh, They've uh, traded a first round pick. Uh, to acquire uh, a Kyle Palmieri, a first-round pick went for uh, for defenseman Alexander Romanov, and now a first-round pick goes to the Canucks for Bo Horvat. And if, if you're connecting the dots there, uh, the one thing you notice is when Lou sends out a first-round pick, he gets those guys signed to a contract extension. Lou is not a big playoff rental guy Uh, never has been even with the devils they bring in uh, you know Ilya Kovalchuk and uh, you know he gets signed to a 17-year deal that got reduced to a 15-year deal and uh, that's a whole nother story and uh, you know Lou that that was not Lou's happiest moments with the devils uh, dealing with that contract for sure but the point is Lou brings players in uh, with the intention of re-signing them, and that's absolutely the intention here. Uh, Talks, uh, on Monday, talks had not yet begun between Lou Lamarillo and uh, Bo Horvat and his agent Pat Morris. Now, if you remember when Gigi Pajot came in, bam, they announced the trade, bam, they announced the extension. Uh, there was a, a little thought of whether or not that would happen. This time it did not. But talks, if they have not begun already, they should be beginning uh, pretty imminently. Bo Horvat, for his, for his part, said he's certainly open uh, to listening on a deal. And uh, again, I think uh, the Islanders and Lou Lamarillo and ownership, they know what they're getting into. They know what they have to do. So there, there's certainly a plan. Um, and, and I think Lou, you know, will make a proposal that will at least perk up Bo Horvath's uh, ears on this. Now, the question is, and, you know, if, if I'm Pat Morris, uh, you, this, your, your client is having a career season, Right you're this close to unrestricted free agency for the one contract that is really going to, I know he's on a six year, $33 million deal and that would be uh well and fine for all of us. Right. But th- this is the contract. This contract coming up for Bo Horvat is the one that sets him and his children and his grandchildren and his great grandchildren up. Um, you know, this is the whopper in his career. And, uh, you know if if I'm Pat Morris and I, I see my client having a career season boy don't you want to see what the ceiling is on uh, on the free agent market i mean the, the that's where the islanders by by swooping in early do have a little bit of advantage because now they can offer the eighth season which will mean a a higher total package um so we we'll, we'll we'll see with that uh, <laughs> Which way it goes, uh, like I said, I can only tell you Lou sounded fairly confident in this. Uh, I think Bo Horvat really, you know, players just want to play. And uh, But I do think, you know, players coming into the Islanders' room always rave about the structure in there and the personnel in there, the leadership group, and, and Bo Horvat certainly, certainly, if he sticks around past the end of this season, he will be, a, a, an integral part of the Islanders leadership group. Um, you know, he's, he's been a captain, so, uh, that's part of his hockey DNA. Um, but with Anders Lee in there and, uh, you know, Matthew Barzell has to become a leader as well. Um, it's, you know, people talk or players talk about going into the Islanders room and just, what a welcoming uh warm environment it is and uh, you know in in my years of covering hockey and i go back to uh 2003 uh covering the nhl the the islanders room really is it probably is the best room i've been in uh, in, in terms of there are no issues in there uh everyone knows his role Everyone is respectful. Everyone's a complete professional. Everyone gets along with everyone. Uh, it, it's, it really is a happy, good room. And, and that has been to the Islanders' benefit, certainly through the bubble and uh, in 2021. Um, and to a certain extent, it, it did get them through last season, even as things were falling apart through COVID and the play wasn't good. Um the way they care about each other did, in a way, get them through that season. I think Bo Horvat is really going to enjoy playing for the Islanders and being in that environment. And that may be enough to sway him. And that may be where Lou Lamarillo is thinking, you know, that once he gets into that room, he's going to want to stay in that room. But, uh, um, speaking of Bo Horvat, um, let, us let, listen from the new, uh, let's listen to the newest Islander. And first off here, here's Bo Horvat talking about how he thinks he can help the Islanders with his production.
1: You know, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to help that. Obviously there's going to be pressure on me no matter where I go. It's, I've had that pretty much my whole career, um, so far playing in Vancouver, being the captain and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, I think I could definitely add that, that two-way element, you know, where, you know, you can put me out in any key situation and, and you know, take a big face off or, you know, at, be at the end of the game, scoring a big goal. So, or at least helping on it. And, um, you know, I think I can add that to this group, um, you know, given the opportunity and, and, uh, I'm going to try my best to do that.
0: Now, is Bohor that completely the missing piece that the Islanders need? To, to become a a strong Stanley Cup contender. I would argue that he is a piece, but he, he's not... The, the Islanders need more than Bo Horvat. I still think they need a scoring wing. Now, look, uh, Bo Horvat is a center. Uh, that gives the Islanders five centers if you include Matthew Barzell, Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot, and Casey Sazikas. Sazikas, of course, was... Uh, uh, kind of um, moved on to Matthew Barzell's line, but he's a center. So now they have five centers, which means you're, you're going to have to, you know, you're probably going to play, I would think, or at least start with Matthew Barzell and Bo Horvat trying to figure it out, especially given how well the Brock Nelson line with Anders Lee and Kyle Palmieri has played over the past four games since Kyle Palmieri returned from a, a a lengthy injury absence but is is Bo Horvat the, the the final missing piece I, I again I argue that the Islanders are still in need of a scoring wing for the top six but uh Bo Horvat was asked how he sees himself as the missing piece
1: yeah i mean i hope so uh that's that's my goal uh, obviously any you know they've had such great success in the past and and come up, you know, just short and, you know, one goal away in and, and a lot of those games. And, and, uh, I followed them really closely and, and just really liked the build of this team and, and again, the, the leadership group and, and just, and, and how everything is built here. And, um, you know, I'm, I think I can add to that and just hopefully take these guys to the next step and, and making the playoffs and then taking that next step, what, you know, if we get into, uh, you know, to get over that hump and, and uh, you know, fight for a Stanley Cup.
0: And, and, and now I'll, I'll, I'll string together three Bo Horvat clips. They, they all have the general theme of how difficult a year this has been for him because of his contract situation.
1: There was a, a lot going on this year, to say the least, and, and it hadn't been, hasn't been an easy year, um, you know, dealing with uh, – with just everything that, that's gone on and, and, and happened and um, for it to kind of, well, it's not, uh, again, it hasn't sunk in yet, yet, but, um, you know, I'm sure when, when this is all over and, and uh, it starts to sink and I'm definitely going to have a, a little bit of weight off the shoulders and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, fresh start and and, uh, and get ready to to go with, uh, with New York. So, um, again, I'm just really excited. You know, obviously, it's it's disappointing. Like I said, I, I thought I was going to be a connect for life, and and it just didn't it didn't play out that way. Um, but again, it's uh, again, it, it turned right into excitement to uh, to get the call and and uh, to be part of the New York Islanders so again, an unbelievable organization uh, with with great leadership, great culture, and um, you know, hopefully, I can add to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously like I, I said before on the. Uh, you know, on air, I, I thought I was going to be a Canuck for life, and you know that was kind of my mindset, and you know at the beginning of the summer and and into the little bit of the first part of the season. And um, I guess it just again, it's just a business, and, and that's the way things worked out. And but again, you know, it, it led me to this this opportunity right here, and and I can't be more grateful for it. And, and I, I just I really can't wait to to help the New York Islanders hopefully make the playoffs and, and win a stand a one day.
0: Lastly, Bo Horvat had four assists in his final game with the Canucks, which was a, a 5-2 win over the Blue Jackets on Friday at Rogers Arena. And, and Horvat admitted he certainly had a spidey sense uh, tingling uh, that night, that it was possibly his his final game at Rogers Arena in a Canucks jersey. Um, and, and he describes... Both how he took the time to soak that in, um, you know, just looking around the arena and playing uh, uh, his last game with with the Canucks jersey on. And look, Bo Horvat made no secret. He, He loved being in Vancouver. The fans loved him. It was very, very meaningful for him, which is why, in a sense, this was a very difficult trade for him, even though he knew it was coming or he had a strong sense it was coming. But, you know, so he did have that one game to sort of soak that in. Um, and he also mentions that his wife and children were at that game, and that that was really meaningful for him. Now, there was no certainty that it was Bo Horvat's final game as a Canuck, so he was not, you know, when Bruce Boudreau, Coached his final game for that team not too long ago at that arena. The in the third period, the the fans just let him know how much they appreciated him. So yeah, Horvat says he did not get his Bruce Bourdeau moment, but it was certainly a meaningful game for him.
1: Uh, you know, I, I would be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind. Um, you know, exiting the ice at uh, Rogers, there, um, you know, that could have been my. My last uh, last game at Rogers Arena. It's um, you know it was a little bit of emotion running through me. Uh, you know obviously not just not knowing what was going to happen. Um, and looking back at it now, I'm I'm kind of glad I, I got to soak it in a little bit and and uh, ended up being a pretty good game. Uh, you know for for the team and for myself. So um, I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't get a Bruce moment, um, but. You know, it was uh, it was amazing to have them there. At least, we, obviously, we had no idea uh, what was going to happen. But you know, to have them there, um, and see my kids on the glass and warm up, um, you know, it's something I won't forget. And and I'm thankful that they that they they ended up coming to that game out of all games. Um, so again, um, kind of bittersweet.
0: So as I mentioned, uh, the the question for Lane Lambert becomes how to deploy Bo Horvat. Uh, to to make him most useful, and, and Bo Horvat talked about the respect he has for Matthew Barzell's game, and we'll we'll talk more about this in Andrew's answers. I know there are a few uh, questions about this topic lined up, so I don't want to linger on it here. But uh, look, if you if you got Kyle Palmieri playing with uh, Brock Nelson and Andrew's Lee, then you're gonna have to, you know get someone on Barzell's line that, that can finish. And that's been what Matthew Barzell has needed on the Islanders for a long, long time. Certainly since Jordan Eberle, uh, left, um, it's, it's critical for the Islanders, especially without, you know, I don't think there's much hope that Oliver Wallstrom is going to come back and help this season. So you got to look elsewhere and, uh, you know Bo Horvat and Anthony Beauvillier was playing on on Barzell's line too. So you're gonna again have to construct a whole new line for uh, for for Matthew Barzell. And look, you know I know Josh Bailey was playing on the fourth line. Do not be shocked if that line winds up uh, you know Bailey Barzell and Horvat, uh, regardless of who is in the middle, Horvat or Barzell. I would think they might turn to, uh, to uh, Bailey in that spot, Uh, especially Cal Clutterbuck is still out injured. Um, You know, so they, they do need, there, there's still going to be some, some real issues as to which wings go, go where they're, they're, you know, trading Anthony Beauvillier and Ratu. you know, that, that puts you down a man. Uh, so, uh, it's going to be interesting how Lane Lambert, uh, figures that out. Now, speaking of Matthew Barzell and, uh, Anthony Beauvillier playing together, it's no secret. Those two are, 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 you know, besties <laughs> for lack of a, uh, another word. Uh, you, you, they, they really, you know, they sat together in the, in, in the, in the dressing rooms and, uh, You you would see how they would interact during the pregame warm-ups, their, their, you know, little puck handling exercise and Bo always following Barzell and uh, through a a maze of pucks and then shooting the pucks into the corner and the way they would get themselves ready with their little passing, uh, you know, exercise during, uh, ups as well. The, these two were really, really close. And, uh, uh, really did get particularly emotional when discussing the leaving the Islanders, uh, when it was in particular discussing, uh, Matthew Barcell, who by the way, joked, uh, that Bovillier should take his old apartment in Vancouver. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, um, not only him, but a lot of guys are going to stay. With one of my best
1: friends are uh, really good friends for forever, and uh, it was definitely cool uh, going through lots with, a lot with him, and you know, just uh, him texting me that I can probably take his his, his uh, old bedroom in Vancouver is pretty funny. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's been a hell of a ride with him, and uh, it's going to stay one of my best friends forever.
0: Now, this is a fresh start for Anthony Beauvillier, and. Uh... Uh, You noticed uh, Anthony Beauvillier is going back to his original number with the Islanders, number 72 in Vancouver. So this really is a fresh start for him. It's probably one that he needs. Um, He's got one more year on his contract after this. And uh, he's really, you know, in, in a lot of ways, he's going to be fighting for his NHL long-term NHL future here. He's he's always been a streaky player. He needs to put up more production. Vancouver, hopefully for Bo, because, uh, look, uh, I can't say enough great things about Anthony Beauvillier and the person he is, and I just wish him all, all the best in the world. Um, and I really hope things come together in Vancouver for him. But he talked about how, yeah, he, he probably does need to prove something To the rest of the uh nhl and to the canucks and maybe even to himself
1: as a player you always want to find another level and i feel like can um i can do that in vancouver and uh it's it's very exciting for me it's not uh, that it's yeah i would say it's kind of to prove um to prove myself again or to prove it to myself uh, i would say i'm but um like i said mostly i'm very excited to join this team and um, uh, excited to play hockey and have fun, uh, in Vancouver and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting time for me and, uh, this point in my career for sure.
0: I thought that this, this story was funny. Someone asked Atu Ratu, um, how he found out about the trade, uh, on Monday and, you know, he said he's a 20-year-old, and he said he was taking his first trip into, the, into New York City. So I, I, I have to imagine he meant Manhattan. Um, he said he went with a couple of his buddies from uh, the Islanders team in Bridgeport and his girlfriend. So they, they wind up at the spa, um, and to put his cell phone in a locker and, and put it away. And that's when Lou and everyone, his friends, I, I'm, everyone in his life was trying to contact him about the fact that he had just been traded. And Atu Ratu was blissfully unaware of that. It, it was only when his girlfriend checked her phone and she was getting a million messages about how are you going to like Vancouver? And so she went to Atu and said hey, um, people are asking me about how we're going to like Vancouver. And Atu sort of went, wait, what? <laughs> so anyway, here's Atu Ratu on his whirlwind year. And look, he he makes his NHL debut. He plays 12 games. He actually scored a goal in Vancouver, in the Islanders' uh, 6-2 win there on January 3rd, one of his two goals, he got past the uh, 10-game threshold, so this year counts towards his entry-level deal. He said, he admitted to me, um, originally on this podcast, I was going to play you uh, interviews with Samuel Bulldog and Atu Ratu that I did in the room uh, last week, but uh, you know, I, I think this news supersedes that. But anyway, I, I was talking to Ratu about the uh, getting past 10, 10 games, and yeah, he he admitted that was very significant for him. He said no player wants their uh contract to slide, and he really respected and, and liked the fact that Lou Lamarillo trusted him uh, to to, to get past those games, but uh. Anyway, I, like I said, you know, he had a great performance, uh, World Juniors, uh, comes over, he's playing well for Bridgeport, he makes his NHL debut, now he gets traded. So, here's Atu Ratu on his whirlwind year so far.
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> at the top, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited right now to the on a new team, obviously. Obviously, tough, tough living living New York. That's the team that drafted me, and then kind of gave me my first opportunity. But I guess that's that's how the business goes. But I mean, yeah, a lot happening this year. Playing, playing for for Bridgeport first, and then then New York, and then having the World Juniors at the start of the year. But um, yeah, it's really excited to join join Canucks.
0: And uh, that's probably it for me rambling on about this trade, um, because now I want to see what you want me to talk about. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And we'll start off Andrew's Answers with Kel who says, was this motivated to keep people from canceling season tickets? Um, after losing to Toronto and Ottawa last week, it Is it is insane to think any of anything more than a rebuild, retool going forward. Um, so was this motivated to keep people from canceling season tickets? The 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 easy answer is no. This was this was an attempt at getting back into the playoffs this season, uh, plain and simple by Lou Lamarillo. But I will say, to your point, it it it, it probably did not fall on deaf ears uh, to ownership that there was a fire Lou chant or or a few fire Lou chants, and I don't think it falls. You know, uh, it's certainly noticeable when even as they announce sellouts that there are some uh, more than uh, more than uh, a few seats that are empty this is after all a business and ownership is well aware of that but specifically was this to keep people from canceling season tickets no but with everything there is a business aspect to this as well you want to have an attractive product um Adam says, I don't watch the Islanders when they play in Vancouver because of the time difference, so obviously my knowledge of the Canucks leaves something to be desired. Can you provide a high-level scouting repo- report on Bo Horvath? Well, high-level, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a scout, uh, nor do I play one on TV, but I will say this. He, he plays both ways. You know, he's not, he's not Patrice Bergeron. But he plays a really strong two-way game. And you can use him on both the power play and the penalty kill. Um he's he's not he's not just a dangler at the blue line. He's he's excellent on face-offs, and now you have two of the really, really uh skilled face-off guys in the NHL on your team in, in Bo Horvat and uh and JJ Pajot. and as the numbers tell you he's got a nose for the net and he can be a playmaker too so he's he's really a, a complete you know he he's very close to a complete package in terms of a scouting report on Bo Horvat and again as i said earlier the 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 hope the projection is he can be the finisher that Matthew Barzell so desperately needs on his line. And look, if the two of them are going, the, the, the points are going to be flying. That That's the hope. Um, and I don't think it's a far-fetched hope either. Gail R. says, Why do you think the Canucks traded their captain, their all-star selection, and the goal scorer... For a hot prospect, uh, first-round draft pick and Beauvilliers. And again, the first-round draft pick, um, the Islanders, if if it's a top-12 pick, um, the Islanders can keep it, and then they give the Canucks their first-round pick in 24. That would not be protected, so that's wherever it winds up. That's the condition on that pick. So why do the Canucks trade their captain? Uh, they couldn't afford them and you you want to get something back and uh, uh maybe maybe what they could have gotten back might have increased a little bit uh as they uh they got towards the March third deadline but by making the trade now um you know they they can tell they have more time to figure out what they have in atu ratu i i would think. Obviously, the Canucks really like Atu Ratu. Um, the first-round pick, even if it's not in the top 12, if the Islanders miss the playoffs, it's still going to be a pretty decent pick in in a deep draft. And Anthony Beauvillier, well, he's a guy... Maybe maybe the Canucks look to flip Beauvillier uh, before the March 3rd trade deadline as well. Uh, we'll see. Or, you know, there's uh, the Canucks they certainly probably like Bo's two-way game or at least his defensive, uh, um, acumen. And, uh, they're probably thinking with his skating ability and also, you know, at 25, even though he's 25, he's seven year veteran, maybe a little bit of leadership for some of these young kids that the Canucks have to bring up and, 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 and play and, and to retool, uh, eventually, um, So they saw something in Bo they liked as well. Um, Aaron Bolnick says, what are your thoughts on an extension? Is it done? Uh, No, it is. uh, As as I speak, it is not done. It would not shock me if it's done in a relatively quick manner. And by saying that, I would think that, you know, maybe that's a two, three week window there. Um, And I, I told you earlier what my thoughts on, the parameters, it could be an eight by eight, you know, eight years, 64 million. Um, uh, it could be, uh, I'm not saying it, it definitely will be. Uh, Doc Ant says Lou is always traded and then immediately signed the guy he trades for. This is clearly not the case here. Come the trade deadline. If he doesn't indicate, uh, this is being Bo Horvat, that he's going to sign, should the Islanders trade him away even if they are back in a playoff spot? And Bill Fond follows with, what are the odds Bo Horvat signs long-term with the Islanders before the trade deadline? If not, and the Islanders are a long shot for the playoffs, at that point, does Lou flip Bo at the deadline? And I don't think... Lou Lamarillo made this trade with the thoughts of flipping Bo Horvat, but I don't think you can discount that. If for whatever reason it doesn't work and the Islanders are clearly out of it by the end of February and Bo Horvat has not signed a deal, well, you just can't have another John Tavares situation, can you? Um, Johnny Pajama says, didn't we need a scoring winger? And Johnny still do. Um, as I said before, Robert Goldman said or says after watching the last several games, I assume uh, defenseman Noah Dobson is back after the break. Do they stick with Sebastian Ajo or Samuel Bullduck, who has looked very steady, or do they try and trade for another D-man at the deadline? I, I never assume with injuries, but yeah, I, I don't think Noah Dobson is going to be out long term. So if, if it's not... Monday in Philadelphia, I, I don't think it's going to be too long after that. Um, you know, Fool Me Once or whatever that was, Adam Pellick, I never saw him missing 21 games, but, you know, uh, that, that was a different kind of injury. This is, Noah Dobson is certainly a physical injury rather than a, a, a head injury. Um, but do they stick with Aho or Bullduck? I... I in addition to a scoring wing, we, we talk about missing pieces. I still think the Islanders also need to bolster uh, their back end. They they need a defenseman. They need a scoring wing in addition to Bo Horvat. And in the background, if you can hear my, my little guy uh, barking, my wife is coming home. <laughs> uh, so just bear with me as he uh, gets all excited and uh, runs around. Jimmy Doyle says... Do they make another swing for someone like Timo Meyer? Do they try and get another D-man or Stan pat? And I, I just don't see them having the assets anymore to be in the league for a Timo Meyer, um, because the report, as soon as uh, the Islanders trade with Vancouver came out, the reports out of San Jose where the Sharks are looking, you know, for pretty much the same exact deal as the uh, the Canucks got. So that would be an established player, a first round pick and a top prospect. And the Islanders just no longer have that to give away. Um, and like I said, I would try and see if they can get a defenseman. Uh, I would not stand pat at this point. Uh, Anthony Pisano says, is Lou Dunn? Do you see him moving other pieces to bring in more? If so, who? Uh, Timo Meyer? no. Uh, Vlad Tarasenko. I don't think that, uh, Uh, That is, uh, again, I don't think that's doable, Uh, although they can fit them money-wise. I I don't see them having the assets that St. Louis uh, might want unless you're really going to just, you know, just trade everyone, all your prospects. Uh, Anthony Pisano also uh, mentions Adam Henrique, who's an old Lou guy from the Devils. Um, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, let's see. I mean, here's a guy, and I, I forget I've mentioned this all over the place, but I, I know I said Lou is not a playoff rental guy. I uh, I would I would take a I'm gonna use a pun here I guess, but I would take a flyer on James Van Riemsdyk. I really would. I. I, I think he could help. He could be a scoring wing in the top six and he could help your power play and your commitment to him is done after this season. And in addition to that, he probably does, it does not cost you a ton in terms of assets, you know, uh, maybe a, you know, a third round pick or something, but the, look, the Flyers are nipping at the Islanders heels too. So would, would the Flyers do that? Um, Michael says, uh, I'll spare the extension question. Are the Islanders still in on Jacob Chikrin? Uh, if not, who else? They have a ton of cap space at the deadline. Uh, look, the, uh, the asking price from the coyotes is reportedly ridiculously sky high. And you know, the same, same answer with Timo Meyer. I, I, I think the Islanders have certainly kicked the tires Lou has spoken to Arizona. I don't think that's a trade secret. Um, but I don't think the Islanders are going to match Arizona's asking price. I don't think they can. Um, let's see. Melamel says, how do you think the league handles Bo Horvat's all-star appearance? Still representing the Canucks Pacific Division or the Islanders Metro? And is there any precedent? Um uh, I I I'm pretty sure Bo Horvat will go. Uh, I will see him in Florida uh, in the next couple of days, and he will be representing the Pacific Division. Um, uh, look, especially in this three-on-three tournament, uh, the, they are not huge squads, and, the, and there's uh, there's not a spot on the Metro squad, so I, I don't see Bo Horvat uh, skating for for the Metro. Is there any precedent? This this has happened in the past. The one that comes to mind is uh, uh, Sandus Ozelinch um, got traded to the Rangers, but before he got, uh, you know, he was a, a Western Conference All-Star and he, he did play for the Western Conference. And that game also uh, was in Florida um, in Sunrise. And that actually, that was in 2003. That was the very first All-Star game I ever covered. And it's not a very extensive list. I I covered that game, which which turned out to be a really good game. I think it was like six five or something uh, towards the end. But you could see in the last ten minutes, both teams actually started playing real hockey, and that was fun. I know. I think that was uh, Danny Heatley uh, was the MVP uh, that season, uh of that game, if I remember. And then I covered the two thousand and four. Uh, All-Star game uh, in Minnesota, in St. Paul, Minnesota, and the reason I went there, uh, I was covering the Rangers at the time. That was uh, Mark Messier's final All-Star appearance, Um, so I went out for that, and that's it. Those are the two All-Star games I've covered for all these years being around the NHL. Uh, This is usually my vacation week, but I am... Um, I'm making the sacrifice, and I'm going down to the beach in Fort Lauderdale just to report back for you, fine people. Um, Joe Saracek says, set forth a realistic scenario for the Islanders making the playoffs. They have 30 games left. Uh, depending on what kind of overtime losses you're talking, you're you're talking about winning probably a minimum of 18 games, but I would feel more comfortable if the Islanders won 20 of their final 30. Um, Ty says this move, uh, this move has to move Barzell to winger, right? Uh, If the extension falls through, is this an all time bad trade and no sleep till playoffs says who will be moving to wing? What do you, who do you think should? And, uh, Let's see. I I would think, I mean, if they're playing on the line together, Matthew Barzell still is going to play with the puck on his stick, right? Because that way he can feed Bo Horvat and and Matthew Barzell. That's strength of his game. But Bo Horvat is going to be taking the face off. So if you want to call him the center, then that's probably the proper way. And yeah, I would think this probably moves Barzell to wing. And who do I think should? I, yeah, I, I would start with Barzell uh, on the wing. You know, at times I've thought Brock Nelson uh, would be a really good uh, wing as well. But his line is just going too well to break up right now. Isles fan says, uh, who's the other winger with Barzell and Bow?" And uh, look, I know he's been a healthy scratch and I mentioned this before, I I just get this sense that the lane's gonna revert back to Josh Bailey, uh, to start on that line. Um, but but we'll see, and uh, we really will see. Uh, those are the ends of the the questions I put in the queue. I know other people put questions up on Twitter. Um, I, I tried to, uh, get to everyone's topic, even if I didn't get to your question. So I appreciate as always you, uh, you, you chiming in and I will try and get to your questions next time. If I didn't get to, uh, this time around and there will be a next time. I'm, like I said, I'll, Have some stuff uh, from the All-Star game. And then uh, February, it's going to be hit the ground running. February, right up to the March 3rd trade deadline. Islanders absolutely have to uh, have a strong month here. They they, they can't go through another four-month win. Oh, uh, just going back, is this an all-time bad trade? Sorry, Ty. Is this an all-time bad trade if the extension falls through? Yes, yeah, it really is. This is arguably, not even arguably, this is Lou Lamarillo's, I think, biggest trade as Islanders president and GM. And if it turns out, he 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 gave up another first-round pick and his top prospect for just a playoff rental. Yeah, this this is an all-time baddie. So, uh Anyway, listen, thank you so much for uh, sticking with us and uh, listening to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. And until the next time, happy hockey, everybody.